Welcome to the second episode of Political Journeys with me, Ryan Henson. And me, Stuart Harper. This is the podcast for anyone who's interested in having a journey of their own in politics. If you want to be a member of parliament, if you want to be prime minister, or if you just like watching those doing it at the moment, this is the podcast for you. We have another brilliant guest and we really hope you enjoy the episode. Today's guest is Jay Singh Sohal. Jay was the Conservative Party candidate for Police and Crime Commissioner in the West Midlands for the elections in 2021. And he's a broadcaster by trade. But he's also a potential candidate for the next general election. So Jay, it's great to have you with us. Tell us a little bit about what's brought you here so, so far. Uh, well, thank you for having me, Stuart. Um, what's brought me right here right now is, is yourself and Ryan. Uh, really enjoying the podcast, so you know, keep up the great work, guys. Um, for you know, being a candidate, speaking to you guys um, quite candidly about my journey and experience, I think um, politics for me was always a means of creating change and, and, and getting stuff done. And I say that with quite a lot of um, passion uh, and a lot of... Um, um, positivity, to be perfectly honest. I know politics and politicians get a, a, a kind of a tough ride often, but you know, for me, um, where I grew up, it, we needed that political engagement. I, um, from a young age, saw that um, within my community, um, we we wouldn't get anywhere without um, young people, as I was then, um, engaging with, with within political discourse, and, and and to unpack that a little bit for you, I grew up in inner city Birmingham in a place called Handsworth. Um, I, I grew up around Handsworth, and Lazelles was where my Gurdwara, my place of worship, is. Um, these were the places that saw race riots during the eighties. Um, when when I was born in eighty three, uh, growing up in these areas, there was a lot of um, social deprivation. There was a lot of issues in the communities because these areas, you know, inner city areas as they were, just weren't getting that investment from governments or indeed the attention that they required locally as well. And you know, it wouldn't surprise you to to, to know then that these are areas that have always voted and continue to vote Labour. Um, and I was frustrated with that as a young person. I was very, very frustrated, and I wanted to see change happen. And the change that I was seeing. Um, from as far as I can remember as a, as, as, a, as a young person growing up in the 90s was happening in areas where that investment was going in, where such things as taxes were, uh, when such things as taxes were low uh, and, and opportunities were being created and it was a Conservative Party that was driving that. So for me, you know, politics was based on, on my upbringing and seeing a need uh, to create change and give people life chances. So you, you talk there about the 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 sense of community and the fact that community and your home matters how much has that driven you to say well okay uh, th- things aren't as they should be i'm going to be the one the, i'm going to be the one that stands up puts my, myself forward um for election and puts myself forward for that change yeah it, it's always driven me um it's driven me um in everything i've done is to you know stand stand up, um, raise my head above the parapet and, and want to, to represent views and opinions that often don't get aired or are unfashionable, but you know, is, is ground truth, is the reality for a lot of young people, a lot of people from uh, black and minority ethnic backgrounds, heritage backgrounds, um, people with, within diverse areas that you know, don't often feel heard or seen. And I think 
in this day and age, it's, it's very different when you've got um, a plethora of social media platforms and opportunities and outlets for young people to, to express themselves, for people from diverse backgrounds to express themselves. When I was growing up, we had none of that. So, you know, I took that upon myself. And it wasn't politics that, that you know, I was aiming towards. It was actually journalism. Um, I wanted to tell the stories of people like me growing up in inner city Birmingham. Um, and at the age of 18, I applied for funding from the Prince's Trust, um, the Millennium Award Scheme. We received quite a significant uh, amount of funding. Uh, and I created a, an inner city news publication, uh, a newsletter that I, I wrote with friends. And, and we had printed from, uh, from the printers across the world in Soharold in Handsworth. And we distributed, and that was the beginning of my, my journey, if you like, into journalism, but also into public discourse. And, um, you know, from there, uh, going on to university, continuing on with, with writing and, and engaging and, and, and wanting to, to engage with people and, and talk about people's backgrounds and how we can improve people's um, life chances. Um, politics was, was kind of a goal, but it was never a driving factor. You know, someone from, from my sort of background and social economic background could never have imagined, um, you know, getting access to politics unless it was with the party that represented your inner city area, which was Labour. And for me, I just, it, I never connected with the Labour um, party or policies or, 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 or people. For me, you know, they were, we can get into this, there were other policies and other driving factors for why I became a Conservative. Um, but for me, that was the means of creating change and therefore, you know, recognising that I wanted to get there and, 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 and become a Conservative and, and run as a candidate. But it was never to be, my aspiration was never to be a career politician. So I, I went to, into journalism and, and had a career and I was very adamant that I would have a career um, before I ever decided I was ready to go into politics. Ask, um, Jay, did you have any role models growing up? Was there anyone who um, you looked to either locally or in your family network or perhaps nationally who you thought, they're who I aspire to be or they've charted a path that I can follow? Yeah, I think when you when you grow up in an area such as I did, um, which you know doesn't create many um, opportunities or life chances for people, I think you find role models in, in various places. Um, my first role model was my father, still is my father, um, who served as a social worker with Birmingham City Council now for 33 years. And as an aside, you know some of the difficulties that Birmingham are facing is now going to impact him with with his job as well. But for 30 odd years, I've grown up with my father. Um, working two jobs as a social worker in rehabilitation during the day and with um, young people from, um, from broken homes in the, in the evenings. He would, he would do night shifts at care homes. And so what was instilled in me from a very young age was that sense of public duty and what we, what we in, in, in my faith and, and in and Indian um, communities at large call seva, selfless service. Um, you know, giving your time, your efforts to help others in need. And so, you know, I, I, I saw that and I wanted to emulate that, but also um, institutions. Um, the, the, the institution that had the most impact on me, which I was privileged to, to gain access to, was a grammar school and an inner city grammar school like that. And Handsworth Grammar School really gave life opportunities to, to myself and others like me who would not have been, you know, had those chances. Certainly wouldn't have had something on their CV that would have spoken to potential employers or universities. Um, in, in, in the future. So um, role modelling is really, really important. And I think um, I was quite privileged to have that. But I think in, in inner city areas, you find you know, everyone in your community is a role model of sorts. And, and, and you need to, and I certainly find, um, try to see 
um, the good things that people do and emulate that. But also, if you are in that position of being able to to shape or, or direct someone, whoever they may be, you know, it could be friendly advice. It could just be looking after them. It could be, as I found um, growing up and, and walking to school often, um, you know, just elderly people who needed a, a, a help getting across the road on a, on a busy Sahara road. So. Um, role models are really, really important, and it's something I often look out for, but also wish to 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 want to be myself. Can I um, come back quickly on this point of service? Because I I think it's really interesting, and I I don't think it's spoken about anywhere near as much anymore. I think it perhaps I've I'm looking back at the past with rose tinted glasses, but it seemed to me that there was a generation, particularly um, in the 60s and 70s, who were in Parliament because they'd fought in one of the world wars or their generation had given lots of blood and treasure or whatever you want to call it in conflict um, and you mentioned service there you are also uh, in the reserves um, captain is that correct yeah. captain in the reserves and, and I know you've been deployed um, and I also know, you know from what Stuart said it's a really good reminder that you stood for police and crime commissioner which is to be honest is, is not um, a political office that carries as much um, respect as it deserves. So service clearly runs through your your CV and, and, and your approach to politics. Do you think um, do you think there's less thinking about service among political candidates more generally, or, or am I being a bit cynical? Um, I, th- I think so, but I think you know service can represent itself in different ways. Um, I said earlier I didn't want to be a career politician. I don't believe that. Being becoming an MP is a career trajectory. Um, my own personal view is that um, we are better served as 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 a community and as as, as Britain when we have councillors and MPs and and uh, PCCs who have um, life experience from from different walks of life, of course, as well. That's not to say that um, you know I, I disagree with anyone who you know comes out of university or school and wants to be an MP and, and pursues that. I see the value of a a career outside of politics and bringing in those understandings and experiences, but also that service as well. So service for me, as, as you alluded to, I'm an army reservist of 14 years now. Service for me was was in the army. Um, but also before then, uh, because my army career came quite late uh, in my career generally, service for me was as a journalist, as a broadcaster, telling the stories of people who didn't have a voice in society or didn't feel that their issues or concerns were were being raised. Um, and whether it was at ITV Central or, or, or in the Sky Newsroom a, bit, a little bit later on in my career in journalism, I always made an effort to ensure that um, those that felt underrepresented or weren't able to, to tell their stories had a voice um, through, through the means of journalism. So in that sense, for me, journalism was a sense of service as well. But I think, you know, for, 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 for a man of faith, and I know, Ryan, you yourself are a, a man of faith as well, I think for, for people um, who believe in selfless service, in giving your time, your efforts, um, your energy to help others, um, is a very strong driving force to, to want to do good. Um, and what better way is there of, of, of achieving that than through the political realm? Does it necessarily have to be as, a, as an elected candidate? It could be in other forms as well. So to your point about um, the PCC election, I, I, I ran for the first time in, for elected office as the Police and Crime Commissioner candidate. Um, and that role, when it was offered to me um, to work alongside Andy Street, the West Mid's mayor, 
um, to, to, to do that job um, in 2019 when I, when, when, when I had those discussions and I was approached by Andy and his team. Um, it spoke to, 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 to my, you know, my, my understanding, but my desires within, um, political, within the political realm, which was to serve. Um, and therefore, I, I, I fought long and hard. You know, I ended up putting my parliamentary aspirations to the side in order to do it. Um, but it, it was the right thing to do because I felt I could make a difference and I could give a voice to those people who weren't being represented. But also, in, in an environment in the West Midlands where we've seen knife crime going up, we've seen violent crime generally increase, domestic abuse is up, so many issues that we need to deal with. And I was seeing a Labour incumbent um, who was politicising the role. I felt quite strongly that actually that wasn't acceptable. And what I wanted to do and achieve was actually just cut through the crap and, and in, in, you know... It, undertake policies and, and make an impact that would just get crime down. And that became my slogan, get crime down. So we've, we, we've got to this point of selection as the PCC candidate in 2019 in an area that traditionally, the West Midlands, you wouldn't have expected a Conservative um, necessarily to win. But we've had three years before that, Andy Street's been elected as the first elected mayor of the West Midlands as a Conservative, but offering something different coming from, from retail. And you're selected in, 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 as the candidate in 2019 for an election the year after, which because mm. of COVID then gets delayed. So you've got nearly two years as the mm. candidate. Tell us a little bit about that campaign, because you, you've already talked about the importance of it not being a career, not being a job, but being service yeah. so tell us a bit about the message you're trying to get across yeah to to the residents of the west midlands it was bloody tough what can i say it was it was hard and i, I you know i never would have imagined i ended up campaigning for 18 months yeah um you know we we expected the election in 2020 covid happened and it put a dampener on everything but i think um just one step back Stuart, if i may you know 2019 beginning of 2019 i i was becoming a bit disillusioned with politics you know there was so much uh, division, infighting within our own party, within the Conservatives, let alone within debates at large, um, that I, I, I felt really, really frustrated, um, more than I've ever been um, as, as a political. Um, and I felt actually that, you know, th there were two ways I could have gone with, uh, about it. I could have just completely dipped out, disengaged with politics entirely, or I could have, you know, tried to be the change I wanted to see. And I felt, you know, after a lot of thinking and, and, and soul-searching that actually... Um, it's, it's really important when you have that belief and you have the sort of background I have with, with sort of the values that I've, I've discussed and, 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 and espouse that, you, you know, then more than ever, you need to put your foot to the throttle and, and really, really go for it. Um, and so when the, when, when the offer came up for the PCC candidacy, um, there was already issues in my community living in Sutton Coalfield um, and, 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 and looking at Solihull. Um, where residents were being impacted by police station closures. And that was what really drove me first and foremost. It was actually, you know, communities feel impacted by crime. They're paying more in terms of the policing precept. We need to do something about this and ensure that there is value for money. And that was the beginning of the conversation. Um, and then, yeah, when, when, when selection came up, and I think I'd had a long thought about what are the other things, the second um, issue, um, if, if grouping, if you like, was... Um, was about um, race hate crimes, uh, hate crimes generally, but race in particular, and, and seeing issues in our communities, whether it's you know, people being abused and, and physically um, abused uh, because of their faith, their race, their sexual identity, etc. 
Um, and I felt strongly that that was unacceptable and I wanted to do something about that without politicizing it, but just actually you know, tackle that issue and, and create the sort of environment with, as you said, with Andy Street as a fantastic and successful mayor um, where you know, we, 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 created intoler- we created an intolerance for that sort of thing. Mm. Um, and, and, and again, that was a driving factor. So I threw myself into the selection. I was, I was selected. Um, and then the general election got called. So as you can imagine, as, as someone who's on the parliamentary candidates list, to be told, um, yeah, you've already, you know, um, you know you've, you've already got that one. Um, and, and some long, hard conversations, I won't go into the details, some long, hard conversations took place. Um, but I, I felt strongly then that actually, look, I've already, I've already committed. And, and you know, as a, as a man of honour, I feel strongly about ensuring I, I deliver on my commitment. So you know, I, I wholeheartedly supported all of my friends and colleagues in the West Mids, who gained seats um, in, in in places like um, in places like Dudley and 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 West Bromwich, mm. um, Wolverhampton, you know these all turns because of that 2019 election and the issues that we campaigned on, and then we got into the new year, uh, and again gearing up for what what we thought was going to be you know a, a May 2020 election, and then COVID happened, um, and then you know getting. We, we got the bad news that the election was cancelled on Friday the 13th from Boris of all, of all days as well. So, so you know, it, it, it kind of, it really, you know, kicks you in the bollocks, if I can use that phrase. Um, but I, I think kind of coming back to Ryan's point, you know, that, that focus on service as opposed to, you know, your, your own um, um, personal um, um, gain or... or, or um, or, or um, ego, if you like, I suppose, you know, really came forward in my mind that actually, look, we're, 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 we're being challenged in, in ways we would never have thought possible with, with the pandemic and, and with what became lockdown. Um, and I decided two things. Firstly, that I was going to continue on with my commitment um, with being the PCC candidate. And I, I found new and innovative ways of carrying on that campaign over 2020 and then into 21. And secondly, again, Ryan mentioned it, I, um, I volunteered for mobilization uh, in my army role and, and, and spent time away from home, away from my family, um, at my barracks, um, working in the, um, in the, um, in the environment um, that, 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 that is my, my specialism. Um, and again, you know, if it wasn't for that sense of service, I think I probably would have happily stayed at home, twiddled my fingers, you know, fixed my garden up a little bit and and come out and kind of waited for, for, for the next cycle. But the campaign I ended up breaking down into, into three parts um, for that reason. There was a kind of the build-up, there was the pause, and then for most of 20, the campaigning I did and, and, and the structure I built around my campaign uh, was very much digital online, um, using um, the various platforms and, uh, and, and, and social media tools at my disposal, but also the, getting the messaging honed and perfected as well. Um, with how we were engaging. So very new, innovative ways of doing that online, but also building up what became a grassroots activist network called um, uh, Masala Monday of activists who were from non-traditional conservative backgrounds. So they weren't party members. They probably wouldn't normally vote for us, but they were turning out because they believed in me, they believed in Andy as the mayor, and they wanted to see such things as their police station remain open. Um, So I think kind of, you know, adapting... And finding new ways was, was very, very important for me and, and was, was, was the result of that tough period. And I think it was, again, based on that desire to do good as opposed to, you know, um, try 
achieving something on a, on a personal basis without thinking of the wider implications. But I think um, I, would, you know, I, wouldn't, I, wouldn't, I wouldn't change that for the world. I think kind of, I, I, I feel quite secure uh, within myself that I did the right thing, even though I'm not an MP yet. Well, we're, in a, we're, we're recording this towards the start of the year uh, in which we expect a, a general election to be called. What do, you, what do you say to those that are thinking, you know, I, I might want to put myself forward about the personal qualities that you need uh, if you're going to do that? You've, you've perhaps touched on, on one, which is that sort of resilience that you've, that you've talked eloquently about. But what other personal qualities do you think a prospective candidate needs? You've got to be a team player. And, you know, um, from my campaign and my campaigning, um, even when I felt like I didn't want to be, I wanted to get there. You know, this is, this is something I've, I've been working for for a long period of time. I've been a party activist for 23 years. Um, I've, I've put in all the hard work across multiple associations and, 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 and seats and by-elections and, and campaigning and putting stuff through letterboxes, often um, to detriment. Um, to, you know, it's impacted my family life or my own um, um, opportunities, if you like. Um, I think kind of the most important thing for any candidate, regardless of party, uh, but I would certainly say to, 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 to Conservatives is be a team player. And it might not be you, it might be your friend, it might be a colleague, um, but, you know, at the end of the day, we need to fix and we need to focus as Conservatives not on um, the party political but on the Conservative cause and getting Conservatives elected in council seats, in parliamentary seats, in PCC seats, whatever seat it might be, is the most important thing for us to advance our cause, which is conservatism. Um, and, you know, be humble about it um, as well. Um, and, yeah, I think through, through my experiences and my example, if, if anybody was to, to study it or look at it, um, I think the key thing for me is always to say, you know, be a team player. Can I um, broaden out the topic a bit, Jay? Um, because you, you've served in the armed forces and you've spoken about wanting to share stories. And one of the things that we do at the Coalition for Global Prosperity, as I know you know, is um, try and make the case for UK international development to, to those who are a bit sceptical. Do you think, coming back to candidates, how can I phrase this politely? Are there enough parliamentarians as things stand who have sufficient understanding of the challenges we face internationally and I ask that question not necessarily because I've got any concerns about the current parliament but more because the challenges around the world appear to be uh, increasing with every month that goes past we're all aware of what's going on in Gaza we're all aware of what's going on in Ukraine we're all aware of what's going on in Yemen and uh, you know we could go on and on and um do you think there's anything more that um, political parties can do or parliamentary candidates can do to sort of inform and educate themselves about the world to, yeah. um, to, to sort of help make those uh, big decisions once they're in office? Yeah, we, we probably do. Um, but I think politics gets in the way. <laughs> and, and I think um, it's, it's an interesting point. And, I, and I've seen the fantastic work you do with the Coalition for Global Prosperity. Uh, and it's wonderful, I think, to, to be able to take candidates such as myself uh, and, 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 and others, uh, as well as elected uh, officials and parliamentarians uh, to some of these countries that are facing challenges. And I think that sort of activity is really, really important, really, really key to make that connection. 
uh, but also get the ground truth to, to people who are effectively debating these issues and, and, and making those decisions. Um, as an aside to that, I think this is where we, as the Conservatives, could also do better with where we go to recruit and where we go to find candidates. We need to diversify, and, and it's not just diversify once. Obviously, it happened during the Cameron years. It's happened um, since, and we've, we've got a lot more diverse candidates coming through and a lot more diversity represented within the Parliamentary Party. But I think it's, it's a constant effort, and it's a constant effort of going out into non-traditional conservative areas and finding people who are connected to their communities and want to solve problems. For me, that's the key thing. You know, um, it, I, can, I can see how, you know, particularly at this current point in the cycle, it can be difficult. But, you know, going back to where I first started um, as a young journalist, um, the most important thing I felt was that these conversations take place, place in areas where you might not necessarily win that seat. Um, you might not necessarily have, a, a, you know, an association or, or a, um, a grouping um, of, of conservatives. But we, we can't, you know, I don't feel we can retreat from those conversations or those mm. spaces at all. And what we need to put forward um, on every level is the fact that conservatism is a force for good and that conservatism can change people's lives. And, and that's what the driving factor was for me and I, I reflect upon my experience on that. And just to unpack that, I said I would. Um, for me, it was about taxes. It was about seeing my father um, who's the f oldest of seven children, um, working from a young age um, with manual jobs uh, as a second-generation British Sikh. So my grandfather came in the 60s and worked in a foundry in the black country. My father worked from the a, a young age uh, in manual work and ensuring that he had more money or, you know, people have in those sorts of, um, from those sorts of backgrounds had more money in their pocket and less money going to the state. And for me, tax was the, the overriding issue that I saw during the Fatchy years as a young child, but certainly um, being, you know, growing up, um, enabled my community and my family to, to thrive and flourish. Um, but, you know, who was having that conversation in hands with the Lizelles? No one. Um, and, and I'd use that example and say it's a good indicator of where we need to project our conservatism, but also find people who connect and resonate with those issues and are able to amplify our message as well. So I'm like... I'm so interested when you when you talk about these things because you clearly know why you're doing it and um, and I think that's so important as well. I mean, I would to your question, Stuart. You know, what qualities does a candidate need? I think mean, you need to know why you're doing yeah, it. Yeah, absolutely. But my question to you, Jay, is how do you maintain your motivation or, or how do you keep your sanity? Uh, because it's all very well having these deeply held convictions, which you clearly do. But as you alluded to earlier, there's political infighting, not just on the conservative side, but the, the sort of um, atmosphere surrounding politics is one of intrigue and gossip and who's up and who's down. And you've said yourself there were times when, you know, you, you were the candidate for the PCC election. You watched others maybe sail through and become MPs. I mean, how do you how do you keep sane amidst all this chaos? Some of it is unpleasant and shouldn't be a factor, but some of it is just a result of politics. How do, you, how do you keep going? I think you've got to be strong in your faith and you've got to be strong based on your faith and your self-belief. Um, and I think that's not to be you know, egotistical and think I'm the only one that can do this, but I think you know, your, your sense of mission or purpose, if you like, has to be drawn from somewhere. And you've got to give it a really strong, solid foundation. 
And for me, you know, it's, it's my faith, it's my belief, it's, it's my sense of who I am as a person, as a British Sikh, a visible British Sikh, I, I keep a turban and a beard, uh, and one who has, you know, has that understanding from, from his own uh, upbringing about conservatism and the benefits of conservatism, and also an understanding and a deep um, connection with uh, my family's journey in Britain. Um, from my grandfather, as I mentioned, um, who, who migrated here through to my father, um, which I didn't mention. I said, you know, he was a social worker for 33 years. But before that, um, he, he was a milkman. Um, I'd like to say he ran his own dairy, which he did. He had a little garage where he kept it. I used to go there as a child. But the fact is, I, I saw the benefits of working hard. And it was, again, for him, it was based on faith and based on that sense of um, commitment, but also responsibility to not just his family, but the community. So, you know, for me, it's, it's exactly the same. I have that belief in myself, and, 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 and I've said where it's come from, but I have a responsibility to, to ensure that the values that I espouse and the belief system I have is something that can be projected and propagated um, through my view, my opinion, um, my taking a stand, my saying something on the issues that I care deeply about. Um, and, and to your other point, Ryan, and you've touched upon it, and I think, you know, it did knock me for six when on the PCC campaign I faced a hell of a lot of abuse. Um, a lot of it from, uh, from the left. Um, dog whistle politics, racism, stuff that I can't even repeat on this podcast. Um, and I think, you know, when you go through that absolute cesspit, um, you know, the only thing... You know, you're looking for something to hold on to. You're looking for something to pull you out of it because it was horrible. It was horrific. Um, and I know yourself and, and Stuart know a bit about this, but, you know, the thing that really pulled me through was having that strong sense of, of myself, um, but also, you know, doubling down and thinking, you, you, can't let, you can't let the bastards win. You've really got to pull through and you've got to actually make a stand. Um, and, and, you know, it, it's, it's hard, but I think... You know, it hardens people to the reality of politics, but also, you know, it, it, I think it shines your intent uh, as an individual. And if you're that type of person who can come through something like that, then you absolutely deserve to be in the public realm because, you know, y your, your conviction is strong and your mission is critical and you've just got to focus on achieving that. And that's the advice I would give to anyone who, who goes through a hard time in politics or, or in candidate selection or indeed any any part of life, um, and feels they don't have anything to give, um, you've got to keep buggering on. I think I think you you've hit on it that even for even for selection, that's a challenge because you know there are there are people who think they're coming into it and they should be given us a uh, a seat with a majority of twenty thousand the, the first attempt. You've got others who have perhaps an imposter syndrome I'm sure we can all think of friends that that we know that are going through for selection processes and you know we have to occasionally you know give them a hand up and 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 dust them down after a disappointment and tell them to tell them to keep going and and that that's the challenge I think uh, that you you're talking of Jay do you think you, you see too many people that have gone too far the other way and whose sense of um self-belief perhaps um is greater than their uh, their um their qualities might otherwise suggest oh god yeah absolutely <laughs> plenty of people who i would say um 
I've got to be a bit careful about this now, haven't I, Stuart? You kind of put me in a, in a tricky spot. Um, yes, is the answer. And I think um, this is where, for me, it's so important to be a team player. You've got to come back to the team. You've got to think about actually, you know, advancing conservatism, not necessarily an individual. And I say this as someone who, you know, took a lot of pain and effort to, to get individuals elected, um, you know, tried to support them and work with them um, throughout the past three or four years to, to maintain their seats with engagements, etc. Um, and now they're doing the chicken run. And that hurts, and that hurts because it's unfair. Um, but it's, it's part and parcel of this whole game and this whole conundrum. And I think, you know, every individual will have their reasons and their belief and, and, and what they want to achieve. But I think, you know, for me, it's about advancing conservatism um, and, and doing so for the right reasons and the right intent, because the alternative is, is unfathomable. Um, you know, and I don't want to go back to, to, to the way things were um, during the Blair or Brown years um, and the difficulties we had there. I want to see a conservative government delivering on conservative uh, policies and principles and making life better for, for wor ordinary working families with, with more money in their pockets and more life opportunities, including those type of people that represent my social economic background. 15 years from now, <clears throat> 15 years from now, Stuart is Prime Minister. Uh, and he calls you in, Jay. It's very kind of you, Ryan. No, so you're very, very welcome. Kind, yeah. it's, uh, you're welcome. Uh, he calls you into the, to the cabinet room in Downing Street and he says, Jay, we go back a long way. 15 years ago, we did a podcast and Ryan asked this question. <laughs> uh, you can have any job in my cabinet apart from mine. <laughs> <laughs> what, would you, what would you take? What would you ask for? Oh, gosh. And then we'll ask Stuart if he'll grant it to you. Really? Okay, so, okay, so we're going to hold on to this. Um, I'll be 66. Good age. I just realised that's kind of retirement age, isn't it? I, I well, it's I'm only, ready it's only just starting if you want to go into Ooh. American politics. <laughs> exactly. Um, so, Prime Minister Harper, um, thank you very much for the kind offer. Um, what would I want to do um, if I could have any job? I'm taking far too long thinking about this. You might need to edit this a little bit. Can I, can I take... No, it shows... Um, that you're, you're giving it thought. It was a big, big question. So, so, you know, I've got a military background and, you know, for a long, long period of time, I thought how amazing it would be to, to, to work within uh, the Ministry of Defence. Um, I think there's a lot of challenges there. Um, I, I, to be honest, actually, I can think of the answer. I, I think I wouldn't want to... I don't want to run a department. Thank you very much, Prime Minister Harper. Um, what I want to do is I want to be chairman of the party. And what I want to do in that role, in that position is really implement change and, and push our message uh, amongst non-traditional voters and supporters, but also galvanise our grassroots and our support base to ensure that we keep winning across the board. Um, you know, in areas, you know, we talk about the, the Blue Wall, but, you know, in areas such as the West Midlands, where I, where I live and, and grew up, places that, you know, like Dudley, for example, that have uh, a Conservative Council and fantastic Conservative MPs, you know, we want to ensure that we have Conservatives there fighting the good fight um, and I believe through the party and that advancement of, of the conservatism side of what we believe in uh, is, is, is key and important and something that I believe I, I very much would bring a lot of energy to uh, working alongside you um, to, to, to push our message and also connect with um, our grassroots and, and, and achieve wins. So if, if there was a job, Ryan, um, under Prime Minister Harper's uh, administration, 
um, that's what I would be asking for. Well, there we are. Um, that's one to that's one to keep on record uh, for the future. With no offence meant to anyone who's holding any of those uh, those posts at the moment. Um, Jay, thank you. Uh, your your insights, I think, are going to be really helpful to people because this is a, a roller coaster of a ride, and, and you've you've talked about it even within within a single campaign, but certainly within a, a political career and a political uh, lifetime uh, that you've that you've had. There are ups uh, and there are downs, but I think you you've shown that with a sense of of purpose and with a sense of mission and a sense of understanding this is what I'm going into this to do um, then really big things can be achieved thank you so much uh, for the opportunity and for the conversation it's been absolutely delightful and I've really enjoyed it and I think you know it's important to have these conversations and reflect upon um, your own beliefs and and why you're doing things but the one thing if I was to leave a message um, I would say and I talked about you know being a team player um, I think you know, regardless of which party you're from and, and whether you're a candidate or not, you know, if you're engaging with the political process, it's so important to build networks, connections with like-minded people and support one another. So you might not be the person running for parliament, you might not be the, be the person who gets elected, but it's so important to, to build those connections and networks and develop others if you can't get there yourself. And I think you know, we focus on ourselves, we focus on the individual, but for us as conservatives, you know, to push our conservatism, to push our message, we need good people there. So you know, go out, find good people that you like, you enjoy spending time with and you want to help and assist with and, and support and, and, you know, keep pushing and, and I'm sure um, good things will happen. Well, there we are. It's a team, it's a team sport for sure. Jay, thank you very much indeed. Thank you so much. Thank you for having me. I really enjoyed that and, um, and I enjoyed it because I've, I've, I know Jay I don't know him especially well, but I, I've, I've known him, I suppose, for about a year. Um, but what I like about him is that he's, he's clearly a very serious guy and there's a, there's a lighter side to him. He's, he's funny, he's great company. But when you get him onto the subject of politics, he becomes very serious. And I think that's such a compliment. Uh, hope that it's a compliment to him. And I think it's so desperately needed in our politics. I think, you know, we can talk about the intrigue of politics and we can talk about the who's up and who's down. But I found it so refreshing to hear a candidate say, this is why I'm doing it. This is what I cling on to, no matter how hard it gets. This is the role model. You know, my dad, not Margaret Thatcher or um, Tony Benn or uh, whoever, you, you know, we usually hear when that question gets asked, it's my dad. You know, and similarly, what job do you want round the cabinet table? The, the, the politically correct answer is, I'm just happy to serve, or I just want to be a good constituency MP. And you know that both those things are true with Jay, but he's also wants to get stuff done, and uh, and he's quite clear about what that is. So I really enjoyed that, and I so hope he gets selected. The, the, yeah, absolutely. And, and the, the word that that came out to me consistently throughout that interview was the word authenticity. He is somebody who who has a real sense of moral purpose a real sense of um community uh, commitment uh, to where he was uh, born and brought up um but a sense of knowing exactly what he wants to achieve how he's going to go out and achieve it and we couldn't have hoped for uh, a, a better guest uh, for the podcast 
and we've got some great guests coming up as well, uh, Ryan, in a couple of weeks, uh, in the next few couple of weeks. Uh, Resham Katecha, who uh, is a, a candidate uh, for the Conservative Party, uh, and Aliana Halivko, uh, Managing Director of the Henry Jackson Society and a former Member of Parliament in the Ukrainian Parliament, whose brother indeed is, is serving uh, with the Ukrainian Armed Forces on the front line at the moment. So two really, really interesting guests and, and many others uh, coming down the down the tracks in the next few weeks. Including some Labour politicians. So Absolutely. fear not, if you're on the other side of the divide, there's going to be plenty plenty of Labour people on the way. And, and absolutely. But I think what you've heard from, from Jay today is that actually it is about the commitment to what you believe, not not just the, the party uh, banner that you're, that you're holding. Well said.